As I continue to dote on new granddaughter Frankie Lee, you continue to hear some of the best interviews we've ever done. And today, it's the great Al Moss. Al Moss, who has been a part of Walker for many, many years, knows Leech Lake like nobody else. He's been fishing there since he was a lad. And he remembers the world-famous, legendary Muskie Rampage of 1957. And he'll tell us all about it next. Now let's hear the latest Fish and Paul Bunyan Country theme performed by Frankie Lee's dad. If I had a bar for every time my line got stuck. Paul Bunyan. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Today's look back goes to 2016, an interview I did with the great Al Moss about one of the greatest events in the history of Leech Lake. And welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We are getting ready for the musky opener, and today we're talking to Hall of Famer Al Moss, who knows Leech Lake as well as anybody. He's been visiting Leech since he was a kid, and actually we're going to be talking about something that happened when he was a kid today, something I don't think we'll ever see again. And that is uh, what has come to be known as the Muskie Rampage. And, Al, uh, a really historical moment in Leech Lake history. Uh, that's correct, Kevin. Uh, we kind of thought, as you and I talked, that the people might enjoy hearing a little bit about what occurred during that particular time. Uh, just from old times taken, this will be my perspective as to what happened. Uh, I was very fortunate to be up here at that particular time with my parents on vacation. And... Uh, we heard about what was going on, and my dad booked a trip uh, to get involved into this thing with Huddles Resort. And that's where it starts, Kev. So let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So, well, yeah, it uh, it was a very, 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 very hot musky bite, and it was an unbelievable stretch of time. Right. And it, in two days, basically, there was about 200 fish caught. Uh, just to give a little research for people to understand that, um, what happens is that during that particular time, there was an oxygen stress routine going on in each lake with the tulipies and the whitefish. And uh, when that happens, you know, the fish start to come into the top zones, and so the muskies were shaking everything that was out there. Um, when you get to a 76 water temp, uh, uh, it actually becomes lethal. Their, their optimal temperatures happens to be at 54. Well, what happened in this particular time was that they got pushed in between the two zones. Uh, and at that particular time, what happens is the algae pulls all the nutrients from the lower water out, so the oxygen content uh, went down. They call it sandwiching. 
So it was just crazy. So just to give you a little routine uh, for the public as to what happened, we happened to book the trip, and I happened to be fortunate to go out with Les Huddle of Huddle's Resort, the famous resort of the West on the uh, East Shore. We uh, left about uh, probably 7 o'clock in the morning, and at that time they had a launch called the Steelcraft, which had a hardtop on it. So as we go to the harbor, we go down, here are all the musky guides that are famous at that particular point, ready to roll. And uh, remember, Kev, uh, way back, those green motors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, about 25 was the highest we had about that point. Well, anyhow, the guys, I, I really had a kick out of it because I can remember some of the guys sitting on the top of the motors with the handles in between their legs, you know, ready to roll and telling the people to hurry up, hurry up. Well, we got on onto this thing. I think there was four of us, there were six of us that got onto this launch, and um, we, t- we took off for Federal Dam because that's where it was, Portage Bay. And the steel craft was a very slow launch. It took a long time to get up there. But anyhow, we took off. We went up to uh, Portage Bay, and to describe the bay at that particular time, uh, it was an extremely weedy bay. There were several types of weed beds, red top, uh, which is cabbage or fatigaman, um, uh, and then we had beds all over the place. Well, Les was quite a character, and he, he said, well, we're going to go in here, but I can't get inside of those weed beds, he said, with this launch because we get tied up. Today, of course, as you know, we're looking for weeds. We can't get them. But at that point, there was a tremendous amount of weeds. So we pull up into the area, and I want to just mention that at that time, there were launches coming out of Federal Dam. Uh, we basically had all of the bridges, the NERS, the Westcott's, the all those different launches were loaded with people because they got this word too. So you get up there, and everywhere you look was boats. And at that particular time, we only basically had one lure. Everybody had a pikey minnow. And that's what you were throwing. And I remember my brother and I standing on the top of this launch when we got up there, and we threw from the top where the other people threw below. The other launches had like six to eight people on them, dragging them behind trolling. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Today's best of feature is from 2016, an interview I did with Al Moss as he reminisced about the 1957 muskie rampage on Leech Lake. I can remember seeing one girl hollering all the time. She caught three muskies there probably in two hours. <laughs> but they were, Kev, they were just all over the place, and it was something to see. The famous guys at that particular time were really playing a role. I mean, I think they should be mentioned because... We had a guy by the name of Dick Pence that we called Perchy out of Huddle's Resort. He was famous for this area. He, be, he really knew the waters. Another guy was Marv Utke. We had Bud Bloomquist. We had Keith Ogle, Dick Cope. There was Chucky Noor from Federal Dam. These guys knew that water very, very well, and that's why these fish were all caught. But what happened uh, was, like we said, there was a wedge. These fish actually bit consistently all day long, and everywhere you looked, Kev, there was a muskie being caught. Besides that, there were tremendous numbers of northerns caught up to the 20-pound category. And if people would read the actual data from behind us, they were wheeling these fish out of Federal Dam in wheelbarrows. That's how many muskies were actually caught at that time. Wow. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a fantastic thing to actually see because the water was literally spraying 
all over the place. They were chasing these tulipies and white pits, which were on the top, because they were starving out of oxygen. We've had that happen since then, and we've caught the fish right underneath the actual uh, death of these fish, too, out here in the deep water. So 1955 was a famous time for Leech Lake. There are many, many pictures of that. I have the original print that came out of the Minnesota, or out of uh, Minneapolis Tribune uh, on my wall, which we'll give to the museum uh, when we get uh, to that time. Mm-hmm. But quite a, quite, a, quite a time to take a look at and uh, fun to watch. Well, I understand why they were so catchable at that time, but why were so many? I mean, was there that many more muskies in those days? Well, I think what happened, actually, Kevin, we've talked about this many times, is the fact that they knew about these beds, and it broke loose up there in that area. If you would have been into all the other bays at the same time, Sucker Bay, you know, for instance, or, or the Pelican Reef area, uh, all of those areas where the weed beds were, the, the same event would have been going on. And I actually think that we have had days out here on each lake where conditions were equivalent. And with what we have for technology today and lures, my gosh, you couldn't believe how many questions or how many fish would have been caught. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing, of course, <clears throat> excuse me. The other thing, of course, is the uh, the sheer volume that were hauled in. I mean, we would never see that again. We would never see uh, people willing to kill that many muskies. No, and that's exactly right, Kim. I mean, that was the big thing, and I got involved in that later on, too. You know, you just couldn't wait to catch a muskie to run to reeds or somewhere to put it in a window, you know, brag it up. And uh, so all those fish were killed. Uh, at that particular point where today, obviously, that would not occur. But I can remember, you know, I've had people out after that particular rampage when we were guiding, and, you know, we'd catch three, four. They'd let probably the uh, smaller fish go, but uh, they they would celebrate, believe me, because they had caught that muskie and they got um, into the windows. That was a big thing for the public. Go check out Reed's Tackle Shore and Walker because in that window... There were these big fish. Wow. So, um, I mean, what would you say the average size was? I think, you know, as I look back to it and I look to the rack, and I've been involved with it a long time, there was a lot of probably the 44-inch category. I actually think that, you know, people overestimate that there was that many, you know, great big fish in the 40-pound category. That's not true, but there were probably a lot of them in the 30, 35-pound category. But when I look at the rack, Compared to what we had after that, running Muskie Derby days, uh, many of those fish were uh, in in the mid bracket in there. Very very nice muskies. I mean, it was a beautiful beautiful sight to see from that standpoint. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle with Al Moss, an interview done back in 2016 about the Great Muskie Rampage on Leech Lake. Would you say there are that many muskies in Leech Lake right now? Well, what we're doing right now, Kev, you know, what's happened in the world has changed everything. The weed beds, what I have seen from 1955 to this particular point, really the weed beds have diminished the fish in those areas. Just to tell the people, typically we would go on out, even in a cold front, way back, and I've talked to the Shrivers and many other people, we would see probably 15 to 30 fish a day. You know, you didn't know what you are going to catch. Today you will not see that many because the weed beds are sparse. The fish go to different zones. I think they're actually swimming in the open fetch out here, and a lot of them, 
in the deeper water because the tulip content and the oysters, uh, their, their bait fish are out there. But that's uh, where it sits right now. And you, now you wrote an article about this. Uh, any chance people can still find that somewhere? Yeah, that's in the Minnesota Conservation Volunteer in the May to June 2016 um, copy. And you'll see in there it's, it has to deal with look for the data pertaining to tulipies. And it'll give you the data that pertains to the 174 lakes that we have left, I think, something like that, where we fortunately can maintain the tulipy and the whitefish content, which is going to give us the big fish. But remember, environmentally, we are changing drastically. Who knows what's going to happen? And I have witnessed uh, a couple of these die-offs, Kev, out here along with the other guides. It's very interesting to watch because when they die on top of the water, they're flopping. Half of them are probably still alive. You go on out there, and you might be in 120 feet of water, 80 feet of water. You might have, you you can see it because the fish are all over the place. They're flopping. And one time uh, we did this, we fished underneath them and chased it. I remember it was Dan Cravens, I think, from Walker and myself. We just trolled right underneath, and you actually, I think we caught four muskies right underneath it because they were all sitting there. And the other thing is when you got a, uh, there was gulls picking on them, every once in a while that gull got a thrill because that muskie came up and uh, kind of bit its butt. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, so, so you, this this article you wrote was actually about uh, some concerns you have right now. Yeah, it's a big article in regard to it uh, in in the issue, and they um, asked me to talk about what happened through the years, what I have seen. And, of course, we've seen a diminishing routine. We've gone through a cycle, Kev, as you know, uh, on Leech Lake in regard to that, and many other lakes, the same thing. The other thing we have to tell you that, you know, in agricultural areas, where the drainage of the high nutrient content goes in there, that's what really pulls out this oxygen. So that can make it critical for these lakes that are around it. Well, that's not happening really in our area right now, but if we have a big algal bloom, uh, we're going to have probably the same problem occur again, and uh, let's hope it doesn't occur. From the standpoint of my opinion in muskies, we probably have more or or the same amount of muskies. uh, We are so technical now because we have so much more equipment um, in locations, GPS, all this stuff, uh, that it's, it's hard to determine. But I don't not, and I asked many guides, we do not see as many fish per day as we used to. We'll figure it out. There's so much sophistication. Muskie fishing has become really a big thing. The industry did not consider it a major thing until not too many years ago. Now it's a big, big deal. And... Um, so what's going to happen in the future, I have no idea. But there's plenty of muskies, believe me. Uh, we're still catching them with a jig and a minnow. I talked to a guy that caught one yesterday, 48-incher, jig and a minnow, just fishing walleye. Yeah, that does happen occasionally, and that, uh, that'll that that'll throw you for a loop. Yeah, and it's fun, you know, six-month yeah. test and a 48-inch muskie. <laughs> that occupies some time. <laughs> yeah, that'll take some, yeah, that's a fact. That you is bet. a fact. Well, Al, a great article. Again, that's in the Conservation Volunteer. Um, do you know if that's posted online? I really don't. Okay. I haven't paid much attention. They just sent me a copy of it. I really hadn't remembered it when we talked about it. So I don't know where it's at, Kev. Okay. Al Moss with a great memory of uh, musky days gone by, the legendary uh, rampage, the musky rampage. of What year was that again, Al? 1955, and, you know, you see that on 
maps and on all kinds of places. You'll never, uh, you know, it, it just was covered by the nation, actually, because that was a kind of an unusual phenomenon. All right, great memories from Al Moss as we get ready for musky season 2016. Al, we appreciate your time. Uh, are you available to take anybody out for a musky walleye bass trip, whatever? They can try. We'll <laughs> 547-1600. Call in the evening because most of the time during the day uh, we're probably either fishing or doing some research. Al, we appreciate your time. Thank you. You bet. Now we're going fishing. <laughs> Bye-bye, <laughs> <the> <laughs>